fake facts from the Geek Out Heroes. Real fake fact. The Mandela effect is really remnants of a government experiment that caused some of us to remember how or like other versions of ourselves, lives and history. This is why Pluto is still a planet. This is supposed to be real fake facts, not real facts. I just chalked the Mandela effect up <laughs> to, uh, you know, the uh, simulation being off now. <laughs> simulation slowly dying. The glitches are, are there and we haven't had a patch in eons. Excuse me while I read this Berenstein Bears book. Yeah, listeners, really quick. In case you don't know what the Mandela effect is, uh, ask yourself and the people around you, is it Berenstein Bears or Berenstein Bears? And then do a Google search. <laughs> Does the Monopoly guy have a monocle? Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say, Josiah? Sorry. I was just going to say for the next patch, I'd like them to remove uh, when your eyelashes fall under your eye. Well, here's the thing. I think the last patch, honestly, was when the dinosaurs were removed. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that, let's face it. That was a pretty big DLC update. <laughs> I'm just saying wish list is quality of life improvement. <laughs> You know, I'm not asking for much. Just I don't want more eyelashes in my eyeballs. So also, far, I'm just grateful I haven't fallen through the earth. Although I do have to say, I think it's a little bit, uh, uh, you know, overdue for San Andreas. And just, you know, <laughs> right. Saying California is a little overdue for a little bit of a glitch there, guys. I don't know if the divs are listening, but. <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit less Ubisoft, a little bit more Bethesda. Keep losing shit. Don't know where it goes. <laughs> right <laughs> look at the place you put it it's just gone we're too busy you know, focusing on that pandemic event right now you stand before a door you unlock it with the key of rational thought and common sense beyond it is another dimension a dimension of lunacy laughter and logic you're now moving into a land of both bullshit and fact about movies, video games, and nerd culture. You've just crossed over into the Geek Out Heroes podcast. Welcome to the Geek Out Heroes. I'm Vargo. This is Josiah. Miles. Anderson. AMD had their big event, their show off for the Zen 3 processors the new Ryzen line, the 5000 series. And what's really funny is the amount of people, and, and this includes myself, listeners, uh, at first, when I first heard about the uh, the naming convention, it was going to be the 5000 series. And I went, holy shit, did they just skip an entire generation? No, the, the 4000 series was made. I didn't even know this, but it was made for the mobile processors. And they had a big problem with the fact that they, made, they, they named their mobile processors and their laptop processors, the same in naming convention. So it caused a lot of confusion for people buying up chips, including manufacturers. So they had to decide, okay, what do we do? Do we just stick with the 4,000 or do we go to the five and just say, screw it? Well, they went to the five. This same thing happened to Intel a while back and a couple of other uh, chip manufacturers. So I originally went, wow, you guys skipped such a huge generation. Apparently you decided it wasn't good enough to be a 4,000. It had to be a 5,000 at first. And then I went, oh no, it's... Literally just because you fucked up marketing-wise. <laughs> Oops. The 5000 series was shown off, and they didn't show off any of the other 
versions of them or even say if there was going to be other versions of them. All they showed off was just the X versions, which the crazy thing was there during the presentation. They were like, all right, well, we've got the I think it's a 5950 X. And they're like, this is the gamers chip. It's eight hundred dollars. <laughs> AMD, who the fucking gaming are you talking to? No, I don't know one PC gamer that would buy an $800 chip for playing games on their PC. But generally, PC PC gamers are really smart about how they choose their CPUs. Why? Because our CPUs are becoming less and less active for a lot of games, so long as the developers are smart about how they code, and they're using more of the GPU than the CPU than they used to. So most of us sit there and go, okay, well, I'm going to go with something that's going to give me just the, a, a good performance and let my GPU not have a bottleneck. So that's how we choose our CPUs. So when you're sitting there going, this is the gamer's CPU, I went, the fuck are you talking about? $800? No, no one's buying an $800 processor for gaming. They're going to buy an $800 processor if they're doing massive workloads. If they're literally working in other industries that involve having to have that kind of multitasking. I don't know what the hell they were who they were marketing to, but this reminded me of how Nvidia marketed the uh, the 3090 as the 8K gaming uh, GPU. When it turns out, it's not really the 8K gaming GPU that they promised. It turns out most of the time it can't even do 8K. I laughed my ass off at that. Um, I, you know the the one that most people are going to go for would probably be you know for for gamers if they're looking at it would maybe be the 5800X. And that's a maybe they brought their CPUs into a new uh, price bracket by increasing the cost by like $50 on each model uh, compared to the previous generation. And while that is acceptable by most standards, as so long as you're creating a chip that is absolutely going to beat your competition. But the problem is, is that they kept marketing towards during their entire presentation, they kept marketing towards gamers and saying how this was the gamer uh, you know, CPU that they were making and that it's got the, you know, highest throughput for single core processing. And I went, okay, so you guys are really pushing that. And I'm like, but you guys realize that you brought your, you brought your prices up by $50. And if you're 300, if you're, if you're $300 and $400 uh, over $400, I think $450 was the next one. Uh, if your $450 chip can't beat the 350, the, the current $350 core i7 that's out do you know how much grief you're going to get from the gaming community so you need to be goddamn sure that what you're pushing out is able to beat your competition at this point not just beating your previous chips we already know they can beat your previous chips because we we expect that from you amd and we know that you guys do you're you're doing your presentations a little more along the lines of how nvidia has done their presentations where they don't compare. They don't compare themselves to you because there's nothing to compare. Uh, you're taking that in the correct step of the fact that you shouldn't be comparing yourselves to Intel because right now AMD processors, when it comes to just compute power, uh, are in a league of their own. They are absolutely above what Intel can put out because Intel charges an arm and a leg in order to even beat a regular consumer value AMD at this point. But when it comes to gamers, you still haven't been able to beat Intel for the past. 20 years that says something so when you're telling gamers that this is your gamer cpu that you've made for this generation the zen 3 processors are going to be for gamers 
and that you love you love gamers and how you know your chip's going to be made for them. Well, if your chip again, if your four hundred fifty dollar chips can't beat what Intel has for the same price range, there's going to be a massive problem with your sales trying to give trying to sell your chips to gamers. It, it kind of left me confused. I'm like, okay, so you you priced your your CPUs by fifty dollars higher. Uh, you claimed the entire time it was for gamers and you claimed all these things, but we have no real world benchmarks and everybody's hi- overhyped. And listeners, this is where I'm getting to the point where uh, from last podcast where I mentioned that I need to quell my expectations. The entire industry right now needs to quell their expectations for this because we have nothing to base off of uh, AMD's claims in real world scenarios because AMD made similar claims the last generation for the Zen 2 processors. And while the Zen 2 processors were fantastic and they were a great bar, they, they were, in my opinion, a fantastic bargain for gaming uh, PCs. If you were trying to find an area where you could kind of skimp down on some cash and still get the gaming PC you wanted, they were a great option. In fact, they were, they were so good that I actually sat there going, man, I actually will. I actually would consider going AMD if they continue on this path. But since they've gone up with the, they've gone up by fifty dollars, and I guarantee you know, yeah, it's only fifty dollars. But if it's if it's fifty dollars more, and they're matching or even more expensive than the price point for their com their competition or their price point or their their competition is Intel, and Intel can beat them in gaming. Well, which one do you think I'm going to go with? So everyone needs to kind of quell their expectations because we haven't seen this thing. The, these chips work in the real world. I have a suspicion that in the real world, they're not going to perform as much as well as AMD claims they will, because a lot of these things have to do with how the developers, you know, create their games. That's why uh, certain games run better on certain hardware, like uh, Outer Worlds runs better on AMD than it does on NVIDIA. Why? Because on it's designed around the architecture for the, the AMD chips and they handle things differently from one another. So when you have a developer who's partnered with you uh, or partnered with a you know graphics company or partnered with a CPU company or anything like that, they're going to cater to the technologies available to that company, not to their competition. So when we actually see this, see this thing in real world scenarios and we actually see it used on other games, we're going to see a dramatic difference in what they tell us that this thing can do. That's just the nature of the beast. So... I'll be really interested to see how this how this goes in the real world. Like I said, it's I mean these chips are supposed to be coming out really soon, uh, and I guess we're gonna find out what's going on with Radeon on uh, October twenty eighth, I believe. So that'll be an interesting presentation. I'm curious if AMD is gonna take some of the some of the uh, thunder away from Nvidia in any way. Uh, not necessarily outperform Nvidia. The likelihood of AMD actually outperforming Nvidia, uh, given the rumored price points for their cards uh, is really low, but you never know. They, they might have an ace in their, you know, ace up their sleeve, but AMD right now currently really competes with uh, NVIDIA's lower end card or, you know, slightly, I shouldn't say lower end cards, slightly mid range cards uh, around the, uh, the 2070 and the 2060, you know, 1060, 1070, those, those, those cards. Uh, so more than likely what they're going to be aiming for is to try and compete with the uh, 3070 and the 3060 of this generation. I would not be surprised if AMD just says, okay, well, we're hitting a we're hitting a lower price point and our card's gonna be able to do a lot of the things that A or you know NVIDIA is doing and we're gonna have more of them. So 
that would steal a lot of thunder just from or from NVIDIA uh, fans because so many NVIDIA fans can't get their hands on an RTX card still. And I want to point out that uh, the card that I was looking for went on sale on Newegg, Amazon, and all this stuff. And I got a notification it was sold out in less, not joking, less than 10 seconds. I, NVIDIA can't even keep up so badly that NVIDIA actually had to make an announcement. They are not going to have enough cards probably until the end of the year and going into 2021. On top of that, they decided to just give up and go ahead and just hand over the reins over to Best Buy and just say, you know what, we're not going to take care of any of our own sales anymore. We're going to actually hand this off over to retailers and let them fix our own distribution problems and selling these things. Because apparently they can't figure out how to just beat the bots. So are we willing to call, are, are we ready to call this a paper launch yet? Or is, are, are these, you know, stupid financial, uh, editorials ready to finally say, oh yeah, it is a paper launch. Absolutely a paper launch. They make all these claims and yet nobody can get their fucking hands on them. Uh, if you were one of the lucky few that got your hands on an RTX card, hats off to you. That's awesome. I'm, gl I'm glad you were able to get one because I haven't. And it has been very frustrating. It's so frustrating to the point that I've actually considered paying for bot service just to be able to buy one. <laughs> That's fucking sad. That's where we're at with uh, with tech right now. Anything else to to add? I just want to know why they're like who came up with that pricing. Oh, like for we, for AMD. Yeah, we talked about yeah. this the other day. I I really want to know why the increase. Yeah, they were hitting the, the that was that was the thing, listeners. They were really in a sweet spot with their pricing for the uh, the Zen twos. Their price points were were on the mark because they they literally made gamers go, okay, I could. I could lose maybe maybe 10 frames per second, but I'm going to save over $50. And in some cases, in comparison to the Intel version, the Intel version of that same uh, capability for chips was $200 in difference. So there was, you, know, you were sitting there going, well, I can deal with the loss in, in 10 frames. Yeah, I'm not going to notice 10 frames yeah. for 50 bucks. I'll, I'll make that trade. Not when everything's running above 100. Yeah. <laughs> Still, so but yeah, and then they come out and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna be like eight hundred dollars." I was like, "Whoo, wow, okay." Yeah, when they <laughs> named the eight hundred, when they showed the eight hundred dollar processor, I went, "Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, why are you why are you even talking about an eight hundred dollar processor for gamers? Gamers don't do that, listeners. Like, I you can go onto tons of sites and stuff like that and see everybody talking about how oh it's amazing and stuff like that with Linus, you know, tech tips." But Linus works for a company that literally they get these chips sent to them. So them saying, sitting there making it like they, they could, you know, sit there and talk about how great that, you know, that top end chip is for all their fucking life and how amazing it is and how great it is for gaming as much as they want. But no one who's a normal gamer and builds PCs is going to use an $800 processor. It just doesn't happen. The average gamer for PC builders don't use anything that costs more than $400. But we're not going to sit there and pay $800 for a freaking CPU. That's just lunacy. You know, unless you're doing gaming plus all of this other shit that requires a processor like that, you're not going to be looking at $800 $800 CPU. If I had a if I had a friend ask me, "Hey, so I've seen these uh ludicrously expensive CPU, would you recommend it?" I'd say, "Fuck no." God no. Look for something cheaper. 
the the amount of work that your CPU is going to put in for most games is going to be pretty low. There's only a handful of games that really aren't optimized for CPUs or use more CPU than GPU. It's very low. I mean, it's pretty much anything made with Unity. Yeah, my system uses a still uses my GTX Titan X uh, card. Not not even uh, pa- or the uh, Pascal. I think it's. I think I'm using Maxwell architecture still. It's old, but I can still run games like Forza Horizon Four on my PC at max settings at 60 frames per second. And when you look at the benchmark for it, and when it's done, it shows me my CPU is doing maybe 20 percent of the work. My GPU is doing almost all of it throughout the entire thing. That means my CPU isn't having to do a whole lot. Same thing goes for a lot of games. Batman Arkham Asylum, that entire series uses most of your GPU. Very little CPU is used. That's where games are. Where our games are, and especially if you're working in higher resolutions beyond 1080p. So when you go to 1080p, that's where you have what they what they call part of a bottleneck, where it's having to use more of the CPU with the GPU. If you go into higher resolutions, like let's say 1440, once you start hitting 1440p, that's where the GPU is like, well, I'm taking all the work. I'm going to leave you very little to do. Once you go into 4K, that's all GPU. Almost none of that is going. You're going to you're going to find out that five, 10 percent is going to the CPU at that point because all of that's having to go to the GPU. Anything above that? Absolutely. 100 percent GPU, no CPU involved. So why an $800 processor? You'd never use it. The other stuff that I want to talk about in tech is that uh, Microsoft showed off the price for the external uh, expansion for uh, the Xbox Series X. I do want to say it is an expansion. It actually is not. Uh, it does not come with the uh, the console. The console actually comes with internal uh, SSD. That was kind of a confusion for a while. A lot of people thought that that was the only way that the memory was going to work by constantly having that card plugged in. No, it's. It's got its own internal memory, just like the Xbox, you know, one. And I just want to know why they have to build everything to feel so fragile. I want to know why they have to build everything to be proprietary for a company that's been making a lot of great moves for uh, consumer friendly games and services. They have gone out of their way to make sure that this thing is proprietary as fuck. They went with the Seagate external memory card that they claim is, oh, it's so we can have these this generational leap in memory speed and stuff like that. Listeners, it is slower than an NVMe Gen 3. Even though they claim that it's Gen 4. They claim that it's PCIe 4.0. But it's slower. Running at about, uh, I think they said it was 2.4 gigabytes per second. So when you look at the actual Gen 4 NVMEs that are coming out for PCs that are going to be put into the PS5 for its expandable storage, those are reportedly supposed to be a lot faster than 2.4 gigabytes per second because Gen 4 is supposed to be reportedly up to 6 gigabytes per second. That's up to, not not running consistently that way. But still, 2.4, 6. It's a bit of a difference there. And then there's Sony with their internal memory configuration, which is doing 9 gigabytes per second. And that's just fucking stupid fast. So that should give you an idea of how fast the PS5 loads compared to the Xbox. And if you know anything about how hard drives work, if you do SSDs, 
Listeners, when you use an SSD, it does increase your frame rates. It does decrease your load times. There's a couple of breakdown videos how Digital Foundry shows the difference between working with an SSD and working with a non-SSD. Uh, That's extremely prevalent in games like uh, Final Fantasy uh, Remake. In Final Fantasy VII Remake, the uh, terrain, everything around you loads super slow, and you'll actually run into areas before the texture can load in. Whereas if you're on an SSD, the texture loads in seamlessly. There's no big pop in. It reduces a lot of that shit. That's the advantages of having SSD. As we go forward, the X or the Xbox, well, it has SSD and it will do just fine. Listeners, I want to point out it will be just fine. It'll run just as fast as many PCs are still able to pull off. But the PS5 is taking that so much farther. It's going to make the Xbox look like a chump with load times. But that's just load times. The Xbox will still have great graphical capabilities, but the downside is you have these external cards you have to buy, and the external cards are 220 bucks for a terabyte. I can buy an NVMe Gen 3 terabyte for $119, and it's faster. So why do these cards cost so much? So many other people keep defending it, saying, oh, well, it's because you guys just don't understand how memory works. No, I understand exactly how SSDs work. I can even explain it to you. And I know exactly what the cost of these things are. So why does something that's slower than a that's slower than a Gen 3 that's still back in basically Gen 2 specs, you know, read and write times, why is it more expensive than a Gen 3 which is faster on a PC? Because they wanted to create something proprietary. That's the only reason. Listeners, that's it. They wanted to create a proprietary piece of hardware that made you have to buy this card made you have to pay the $220 because I guarantee you at some point, somebody's going to, somebody's going to crack it. Somebody's going to create a casing that will work with it and you'll be able to format your own and plug it in and it'll work. And I would love to see what happens when somebody plugs in a gen three or a gen four into that system and shows your load times are garbage. I just want to see it. Because there's nothing Microsoft can do to justify a $200 price tag. Because it's Microsoft, they didn't want us, just like the, with the last Xbox, they didn't want us to have the capability of expanding the hard drive on our own. They've done this every single generation with their console. They don't want you to be able to do that. They don't want you to have that capability. Whereas Sony, it, oddly, you know, Microsoft makes all these, has been making all these consumer-friendly decisions when it comes to their programs and their services. Versus Sony, who makes who makes incredibly good consumer uh, decisions towards hardware. They want you to be able to expand your memory on your own. Just like with the PS4, they wanted you to be able to expand your memory on your own, and they wanted you to be able to trade your games. There's a very big difference between how they treat their hardware and their software. It's very odd, and I wish that Microsoft would catch up and go, you know what, this is kind of ridiculous. What we're doing is stupid. We are forcing people to pay for this, for, for our proprietary hardware, because we just want to be able to make them pay more because we want to be able to make more money somehow. So a lot of people were pissed off when they saw it and they sat there and go and went. So the console's actually not $500. It's actually $720 because there's no way I'm sticking with one terabyte. Now, here's the thing, listeners. I do want to point this out. While Sony made this consumer-friendly decision and it is going to be compatible with Gen 4, Gen 4 NVMe is not cheap. 
it's faster. It's going to be a shit ton faster than the Xbox, but it is not cheap. By any means is it not cheap. It is stupidly expensive for Gen 4. You can get a decently priced Gen 4 NVMe for anywhere between $150 to probably about $450, bucks, 500 bucks, depending on whether or not you go with a 500 gigabytes to 2 terabytes. Uh, there's probably some other manufacturers that are going to in- include higher terabyte levels, but I mean, obviously not cheap. In no way is it cheaper than the Xbox. I'm not going to make that argument, but I'm just saying that Xbox wanted to make sure that theirs was proprietary so they they, they got all of that money. Whereas Sony said, you know what, put what you want into it. We'll let you decide. I wouldn't be surprised if the PS5 is compatible with even Gen 3, to be honest. Most PCIe is backwards compatible. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least if it's compatible with a Gen 3 as well. So you could probably go a little bit slower and it would just increase your load times for that. Or if it was loading from that uh, from that stick. But regardless... Uh, both of these things are going to cost, you know, to, to expand these systems, and you're going to want to have to expand the uh, the PS5 because the PS5, after the internal hard drive is formatted, and the system is on there, it's roughly about 600 and something gigs on there out of the eight something. That's stupidly low for modern day gaming. When, you, when we talked about this last podcast, game sizes are getting ludicrously huge, so it's not going to be enough. Neither is it going to be enough for the Xbox. So you're going to have to buy these these expand the, these expansions eventually. Some people are going to try and hold off on the Xbox and go with a external SSD for their uh, loading their old games. I'll probably do that as well and reserve the internal memory for uh, newer games that are coming out for this or for this coming generation. So that way, I'm able to try and do some hard drive management. Some memory management there. That would make about more sense. Yeah, and eventually just upgrade to a two terabyte whenever that comes out. Basically, just use the internal for Game Pass and everything else on the uh, SSD. Pretty much. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't you just duct tape two one terabyte drives to each other? Yeah, just like Game Cubes. Yeah. You oh. turn those into a uh, into a Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just <laughs> stick them together. Eventually, they'll Voltron into something. Yeah. Else. Well, I'm on yeah, the opposite direction. I was thinking about get some carabiners and make it like a pair of nunchucks. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's it's one of those things. Where like I like listeners. I I know I don't I don't want to sound like I'm talking you know talking a uh, you know two faced out of this. Uh, but I do. I want you to make sure you understand that with this coming generation, that these expansions to do expandable memory on these systems, it's not going to be cheap. The difference is, is that Sony's not trying to take advantage of you. They're not putting out their own version of NVMe that is only compatible with their system. So that's a more consumer-friendly decision from them, that they're literally letting you go to a manufacturer that doesn't make, that, that isn't owned by Sony, isn't making them more money, and letting you put in what you want. Versus Microsoft went the route of, we're partnering with Seagate, but we're definitely making this proprietary as fuck, and we're overcharging you for it. And anyone who says it's not overcharging you for it is full of shit. That is an overcharged C. That is an overcharged memory card. Absolutely, on every level, it is overcharged. Just because they wanted to create this smaller, you know, convenient design that could go in there instead of you know just letting us have an open port in the side that could easily flip up, drop in an NVMe and close it. Like I, 
I could show you tons of designs that other people have put out there showing you exactly how it should have worked. That would have worked even just as well, if not better for the system and wouldn't have been a heat issue like Microsoft claims. Microsoft claim one of the other things that made me laugh was their claim with, oh, well, we made the part, we made the expandable memory chip because it reduces heat in the system. Bullshit. Majority of the chip is in, is located inside of the system the moment you plug it in. It is not external at that point. If you look at the design for the chip, it is mostly designed to slide in like a card. So where's the heat? It's not being directed outside of the console. It's still inside the console, so it still has to be cooled internally. Well, no, the the extra money that you're paying for is the magic holes that will allow more ventilation. Yeah, right? It's just <laughs> such horseshit. Not to be a downer on the new consoles coming out, I'm still excited for them. still think they're going to be great. I think a lot of people who have switched over to PC aren't going to be going back to Xbox, but Microsoft is, like we said, Microsoft's been making some great consumer decisions, especially involving Game Pass, and they are on it when it comes to, you know, creating a bridge between the divide that was PC and console. Anyways, what else is going on this week? After I had my long fucking rant. Seriously, listeners, I'm so sorry. Do you want me to tell you to shut up sometimes? Sometimes, I think, yeah. <laughs> okay, give but me... I, but I, I mean, here's the thing. At least I covered multiple different things at, yeah. at, at, within the last 30 minutes. Well, but I did go on very long. That's why I kind of let you go. I was yeah. like, well, you, you're you're getting good coverage. He's on a roll. <laughs> See, I would slap him, but Vargo can't kick Josiah versus Vargo and kick me across the room. Self-survival, why don't slap Vargo? <laughs> <It's, it's, laughs> Self-preservation is what Anderson goes with. <laughs> I don't let him, you know, Godzilla and King Kong duke it out while I eat popcorn. And Miles is in another state. Although, Miles, you could say, hey, Vargo, yeah, shut the fuck up. Hey, if I'm not editing, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Miles, can you edit this week? <laughs> Absolutely. Not. <laughs> oh, that's not that bad yet. I don't think I don't think we're going to go that far. No, nah, nah, it's not. Not a whole lot's gone on this week. No, the, the real important news that we have uh, from this past week is... That we finally got Loach to watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Oh my god, it was amazing. Wait a minute, that happened? Yeah, it was amazing. So he comes on and he goes, he's like, so what are you guys doing? I was like, well, we're about to go into another movie. And he goes, you know what, I'll join you. And I was was so excited because he he never joins us to watch a movie. Yeah. Online. So I was super excited. And then he goes, then he, he, I was like, you know, it's your choice. You choose what you want to watch. And he finally goes, let's watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou. So it's taken miles. I want to take, I want to say it's taken miles at least... Four years, right? It's taken us like four years to get him to to do this, at least. Yeah. Hold on. So since since the very first time we ever brought it up. So let me get this straight. Not only did he join you guys for a movie, but he willingly picked it on his own, like and no he pushing. Picked, yeah, he yeah. picked a brother out yeah. there, and he loved it, <laughs> just like we said he would. Wow. Yeah, he I, woke up Nicole with his uh, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say here. Right. I'm <laughs> was totally shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, we didn't have to go for the full six years. I told him, I was like, it's almost like it's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, just like, I, I almost wanted to tell him, man, I didn't get you anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we watched that and that was, you know, that was a blast. He had, he had a really good time. He was laughing wholeheartedly with a lot of it. Oh, George, not the livestock. Yeah. Just freaking hysterical. It's a great movie. And more people should watch it. Um, Where's the happy little tire swing ever? <laughs> I love that. Anything else this week? 
Anything new? So I bought uh, Squadrons yeah. last week when it launched. It's actually it's actually good. I've almost bought it for PC because I still have like ninety dollars in credit for Steam. Apparently, I would say it's worth the forty bucks. Okay, it's uh, it's a lot of. I have fun. no interest in playing online. Does Is it, it still I, worth forty dollars? I'm not very far in the story. Yeah, because uh, Brian also got the game. So first night it came out, I played an hour because it came out on a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah, and uh, I played for like an hour after class. Yeah. And then uh, me and Brian have been getting on and playing the multiplayer. It's it's good. The story's pretty good. Um, as far as I can tell, your whole squadron's not going to defect on the Imperial side. <laughs> unlike uh, <laughs> unlike Battlefront. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get I get that it's. Oh, man, that's freaking great. I get that it's a thing. <laughs> But I'm still pissed <laughs> off about the the Battlefront Two story. Special Forces oh, know what they're signing up for. That's fucking. They should have just made them uh, regular stormtroopers <laughs> if they're going to do that shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, multiplayer is actually a lot of fun. I, you know, I, having played a lot of other flight sims, I thought I'd be better at this one. I'm ha- like I'm pretty decent. It's not like, you know, hopping in like ace combat where you can go in and just kick everyone's ass. This this game actually requires a bit of skill. Okay. So I'm decent because I don't have enough time to, you know, sit at home and practice all day. Yeah. Unfortunately for myself, I am employed and going to school. So that means I don't get to get good at games anymore. It's fair. So, uh, I mean, if you were looking at it and you thought... It looked like something that was going to be entertaining for 40 bucks. It's pretty damn good. Mm. It's a gorgeous game. Yeah, it looked. Uh, I mean, it's the same engine. Yeah, it's still it's still a uh, frostbite. And um, for me, since I mean, we've talked about this before. I I played shitloads of X-Wing and TIE Fighter way back in the day. This scratched that itch for a new one. Mm. Okay. So it, it had that extra layer of appeal to me. Gotcha. So. I mean, if you can, if you've got credit sitting on an account somewhere, I'd say it's worth it. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm not buying doom eternal. Yeah. On, I don't... on steam ever again. Yeah. Cause you remember how they had that, the, uh, so they had the, the, no, the, the Novo, uh, DRM. Yeah. Got put on there, uh, after. So <laughs> they said that they got rid of it. It's still there. It's still it? there. Yeah. It's still there. I've read every single updated review on that and everybody keeps saying, yeah, it's still there. Like it's still on steam. So when you said you got rid of it, did you mean you got rid of it if you bought it directly through Bethesda? Cause that's garbage. More than likely. That's what they did. Yeah. I mean, it is on game pass. Doom eternal is. Yeah. I didn't realize it got to, it made it to game pass. Well, I will be downloading that on game pass. Then. It's a lot of fun. I really liked it. The uh, the final boss for Doom Eternal, if you played the other ones, was yeah. a real, real cool uh, throwback, I guess. Okay. Is it the wall? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, the demon wall. <laughs> yeah. The icon of sin. The icon of sin. Yeah. yeah. Except it's not a wall. OK. Um. So the other uh, the other review I had was I bit the bullet. I uh, I bought. Baldur's Gate three. Yep. And we saw that you were saying you were talking about that. It's the, the first act. Okay. So let's just really quick before we talk about it. Apparently it's the first act of the game. Yes. For early access. And this is why I say I bit the bullet. 
and it is supposedly like 20 hours long just for the first act. It's a third of the game that's available right now yeah. for full price. Okay. But you're getting the rest of the game as it comes out, right? But I'm getting the rest of the game when it comes okay. out, which is why I decided that it was worth $60 for early access. I'm that's a fair. huge, huge fan of the Baldur's Gate series. So, I mean, we were talking about this in the group chat when the, uh, the trailer came out. I told you guys, instant buy for me. Yeah, so long as the early access for it isn't one of those things, because I've had early access games where anytime they made an update to the game, it literally erased all of my progress. Which would suck because these games are very, very long. long. Yeah. So if that's the case, then uh, I'm probably going to have that first two hours or so memorized every every time every they time. do yeah. an update it, it doesn't seem like it's that kind of i don't think i don't think they'll go that route given the length I yeah think they'll i think they'll treat it almost it's it's kind of funny because the way it's being built as an early access it's almost episodic yeah um and that's kind of how i looked at it when i saw that you only get the first act but it's still like 25 30 hours depending yeah. on uh how much exploration you do and couple other factors i did run into uh one bug i got my ass kicked in a fight and one of my party members got dropped and at the end if you make all your saving throws they're supposed to come back to life and he never did okay so i lost two hours of progress yeah it's turn-based though right yes okay so these games were always built on uh i get it i mean it's still it's still like the old stuff it, it's but. built on uh the D and D rule set, like yeah. uh, Baldur's Gate two, was built on D and D two point five. Okay, and since that game and rule set are ancient at this point, this one moved on to D and D five So I'm having to learn new things about the game because gotcha. I haven't played since three point five. The only thing I've got, the only thing I'm kind of concerned about is uh, Baldur's Gate going full woke, like D and D has recently been doing. I have seen nothing of that. In my in your experience, okay. granted, OK, so I, I bought the game when I got off work and I yeah. played until about 11 o'clock last night when I went to bed. Yeah. And not counting my restart, I didn't really see anything that was overtly annoying because a lot of people. Yeah. Wizards of the Coast. The only reason why I bring that up is because Wizards of the Coast made this ridiculous statement recently. About oh, no. Something. With Trust o- me. It was fucking ogres. stupid because yeah. I was the one that it was orcs orcs. And they had they had equated them to actually, uh, you know, what? He, this is what it was. Uh, the way that they had talked about this was based off of, I guess, a bunch of HJWs have been really pissed off with how orcs have been portrayed in D&D in the past. And apparently somehow they've correlated orcs with black people in real life. So and said that uh, orcs are inherently evil. Well, they never were. First of all, they're not real. And secondly, they're uh, a race that uh, holds up strength and don't really consider mercy as a good trait to have, as well as they take slaves and stuff like that. They, they, they're not considered within their own tribes inherently evil. They're just considered a horde and the bad guys to other races within D&D. Again, not real. But if you wanted to correlate them with any kind of race, you could actually take your pick. Uh, People from Europe who came over to the Americas and ended up committing genocide or taking land, conquering what is now known as the U.S. Or the other Native Americans who committed genocide against their own people 
because they were from a different tribe. So you're telling me that SJWs have seen orcs as black people. Like, how racist does that sound to you? I mean, it sounds pretty damn racist to me. So how is this? How Like, it just made me go, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, pretty soon they're just going to get rid of all races and just get rid of all classes and everybody's just going to be playing the same thing so that we can have entire inclusivity for everybody in the game. And the other thing is these people don't actually play D&D. You can tell because they don't know that there are actually black people, white people. There's other races of humans, other skin colors of humans in these games. You can be literally anyone. So what the fuck? So their solution was instead, we're just going to remove all negative traits from all races. So that way, if we remove all negative traits, people will feel better about the race that they're choosing in the game and therefore won't feel like it's a mark against their own race in real life. This is the this is the, the thought process. Does your brain hurt listeners? Because mine sure as shit did just hearing about this. It was fucking unreal. I thought it was a joke, but no, so there are apparently some SJWs out there that actually think this. And on top of that, some of them have even suggested that the only race in the game that should have any negative traits put onto them are the white people. Not even kidding. I mean, what, what is wrong with these people? You're, you're equating a, a fictitious fantasy to real world people. And you're just, it's just really frustrating. It, all they're doing is just projecting their own racism by equating aggression with a race in real in the real world. They're literally that's what they're doing. They're taking traits from the game and equating them to real world people. That's just fucking nuts. And when asked, uh, so where are you getting the correlation that orcs equal black people? The answer is, well, orcs are really aggressive. And like I'm my immediate response is so you're you're saying that you think that all black people are super aggressive? Is that what you're saying? Because that's what you're that's where you're leading to this. That's what you're getting this from. So obviously you think that. Yeah, it, that that doesn't make any sense. It'd be like me saying that all elves are are Asians. What? How the fuck does that make sense? They're stealthy. Yeah, ninjas. It makes sense. It correlates now. It's totally, that's totally it. All Asian people are legless. That would make for, uh, for an interesting... <laughs> so fucking dumb. That would make everything kind of interesting, though, because, you know, in general, dwarves are kind of treated like they're Scottish. But anyways, uh, back to talking about uh, Baldur's Gate. Um, it's good, though. I mean, it, it's really rough around the edges. Yeah. Uh, you'll get some real glitchy animations every once in a while. There's a shitload of texture pop in. Okay. And here's the thing. Uh, so my, my gaming rig is starting to show its age mm -hmm. at this point. Not that I really built it future proofed at the time. I kind of did a like halfway budget build. Your GPU is good though. Yeah. That'll be good for a while, but everything else is starting to show its age yeah. a little bit. Um, I I'm running on, like high spec. Okay. And it runs very well. Okay. Outside of the texture pop in, but I feel like that's not anything on my end. I feel like that's just where the build of the game is. Yeah. It's just unoptimized. It's actually just an early access. Yeah. I've heard a lot, I've heard a lot of people say similar things. So 
I, I'm liking it though. The the character customization is really good. How long did you take to rank your character? Surprisingly, not that long. <laughs> okay. Given given the options, I already had an idea of what I wanted to make. Because I mean, you guys have the reason why I asked that, listeners, is because it is typically known <laughs> for all of us, and we've had this happen where we were pl- trying to play games, even when we're playing games with each other, where it's co op, where we have taken hours to create one character just to play with each other. <laughs> yeah. I so. I think the record was my uh, two and a half hours on Skyrim. Gotcha. When it first came out. Yeah. Skyrim takes a while. <laughs> I totally get that. But uh, there, there's a lot of options. Uh, they're really, really. I mean, you posted that video in there. They in the uh, the group chat talking about things to know before you go in. Uh, yeah. Character customization is actually lie. really, really nice. Yeah. And I'm waiting to see when uh, the full version comes out. What what else they're going to do? Gameplay is solid. Like what's there that's good is really good, which is why I decided to pay full price to get yeah, in. Cause it I, makes sense. I mean, a lot of people are really looking forward to this game and it's been something that's been, you know, wanted for well over what, a, decade. a decade. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense why anyone would buy it right away. Yeah. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's worth the $60. It's worth it to me, but I don't know if it would be to you. That's fair. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I'm cool. really, really looking forward to seeing where it goes. All right. Because the uh, one of the things that they did is in they they tailor made a lot of the animations for the conversation that's happening. So they actually do feel a lot more lifelike until you get to a point where you'll see like a frame of T-Pose pop in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's really good. All right. My review for this week would be I have been playing uh, Crisis on Gorgon. It's the uh, DLC expansion, the first DLC expansion they've come out with for the Outer Worlds. It is really good so far. It's really enjoyable. It's got some good writing. Uh, I'm have I do not have the dumb character like Miles does, and I'm sure the dumb is amazing <laughs> with the first encounter. Yeah. But I have continued my playthrough as Nathan Fillion. And uh, I every time I get the smart ass uh, dialogue, I go for that immediately. Doesn't not it literally does not matter if uh, in in most cases, if I have a skill check or not, because I will just go for smart ass. Uh, no, I do the same thing with the dumb. <laughs> yeah, so it's really good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it still feels like the best version of Fallout that's been created since Fallout 4. If you're looking at buying it, listeners, I would say it's a buy, but make sure you buy the season pass version, which includes both DLCs and not the individual one. I made the mistake and bought the individual one. And what's funny is I made the mistake of buying the individual one, not knowing that it didn't transfer when I bought it on the Xbox. It didn't transfer on my PC. So I bought it on the P- the Xbox. I didn't have it available on the PC because that's the system I play it on. Even though the, the base game, if you buy it, you have it on both. But the DLC apparently acts differently. I don't know what the deal was, but I ended up buying it again on PC and then realized and, and realizing that I clicked the wrong one because I saw that there was a season pass and that's the one I thought I clicked. And stupid me, I ended up clicking the wrong one and bought just the, the first DLC uh, expansion. So I ended up having to contact Microsoft and saying, hey, I fucked up. I literally told literally told them at the beginning <laughs> of the message. So I fucked up. I'm stupid. And I bought this game twice. <laughs> And I told like I basically gave him the the gist of like what I what happened and uh, I wanted to pay for the uh, the season pass instead. So 
they ended up refunding me the money for for both of them. I I appreciated that, and I ended up buying the uh, the full season pass to get both uh both expansions that that uh, well the first expansion and the second one that's coming out. But it's uh it's you know it's worth the money in my opinion. It is really cheap for two expansions that are coming out. It's like I think it's I want to say it's like twenty four bucks. Uh, which is massively low for any kind of expansion. I would imagine it's not a it's not going to be a very long story, but it's still it's more game and it's it's still more fun and it's not required in order for you to enjoy the main game. Uh, but you do need to use an earlier if you finished through the end of the game, you do need to have an earlier save to go back to before the final encounter where you go to the prison. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I managed that. I thankfully I have at least eight save slots for that game at a time. And uh, I went back to one that was just before I started the last mission to go to the prison and was able to go and enjoy this with pretty much every single thing I had on me uh, that was already leveled up. So increases your level cap too. So you get to look forward to increasing your skills a little bit further. You do get to unlock more perks, which is kind of cool. Which is nice. Yeah. And uh, uh, you can come across some weapons that are, are higher quality than uh what mm-hmm. you end the game with so, and uh if you um, are heavily invested into hacking and uh lock picking then you are doing better than me <laughs> oh and uh enemy levels are increased on this one so your weapons right away even the ones you currently have if they're even the best stuff that you could get uh i have incredibly good weaponry and i was still it was still taking a uh, quite a quite a big uh chunk of my ammo to try and take down enemies. So. Yeah, I couldn't one shot anybody with the sniper anymore. Yep, that definitely changed. <laughs> and they're all fucking high as shit, so they're super fast. Yep. <laughs> I had one that raced up on me, and it looked like he was able to like almost warp or something like that. Maybe it was just a. If you if you use your uh, slowdown, you yeah. actually see them run it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was super fast. I was like, damn. But yeah, it's available. I definitely recommend it. And if you have Game Pass, all you need to do is buy the expansion for it because Game Pass still includes the right of the base game. And if you buy the expansion, you get, what, 10% off? You know, it's not a huge discount, but it's still a discount. Yeah. It's better than nothing. So anything else to review? I've got Scooby-Doo. Um, I just want to do an updated review. So for the Halloween season, I decided to... Pick up Batman Return to Arkham, which was the re-release of Arkham Asylum and City for the PS4. That game still holds up today, listeners. I'm changing the way I played it, because the first time I played through the series, I was pro beat the shit everything with my fist. So now I'm going pro stealth. Miles, you'd be proud of me. (laughs) (laughs) Miles has watched me play a few of these games, and he knows I have a habit of just going there and beating the shit out of everything with my fist. (laughs) Anderson can do stealth. He just really usually opts not to. <laughs> I like Sounds to hear familiar. things scream when I punch it. <laughs> I know what I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So review on Happy Halloween, Scooby-Doo. It was okay. <laughs> uh, it wasn't their best movie. It was fun in parts and had some pretty good humor. It had a lot of references to geek out over, but it had a lot of awkwardness, some bad dialogue, uh, kind of lackluster writing to it. And uh, it's kind of confusing as to what movies it it's matching itself up with because 
the beginning kind of makes it seem like the Scooby-Doo crew are, you know, Mr. Inc. aren't famous and they would be massively famous <laughs> if it coincides with some of the other things that they're showing. So I don't know which universe of the Mr. Inc. it goes with, but apparently follows the some of the most recent ones with the sheriff. It was okay. I wouldn't recommend buying it. I'd wait for it to go on sale. Um, it was 15 bucks when I got it, I think. I'd probably say it's probably more around the seven, eight dollar range. So wait for that. Uh, not likelihood, or not a not a high likelihood of that going on sale that low because it's Scooby Doo and they rarely put those on sale for uh, less than ten dollars. But if you can get, you know, if you can get it at a lower price than fifteen bucks, I'd I'd say wait. One last thing I want to bring up is something we forgot to bring about bring up last week was the outrage that has been bringing up over or that has been brought up over Cyberpunk 2077 and the amount of people who are pissed off at the fact that they promised they wouldn't have any crunch and the mandate that they that the head of uh, CD Projekt Red had to put out of saying that they were having to go to six day work weeks uh, in order to finish the game on time and I want to point out that. One, uh, most of the divs that work there have come out and said that fans are losing their shit for no reason. And I want to say that this is true for any of our listeners who may have lost their shit over it. Uh, You need to calm the fuck down. This is not real crunch. Real crunch is when you are basically kind of guilted into working late, late hours for long periods of time and you're worried about losing your job. You're worried about not getting your job done. If you don't get your job done, then you could probably lose it. You're not compensated for it. You're getting no compensation for it and you're getting no appreciation for it afterwards either. You know, no extra vacation time, nothing. These guys are going to six. These guys went to six day, you know, work weeks. And on top of that, they were being given paid overtime compensation for, you know, vacation, anything like that. The company is taking care of them. And they, yeah, while they are saying it is mandatory, it would be nice if it was voluntary, but the company's more realistic about the fact that no, we, we actually need people to work and we need them to work these days in order to get this done on time. And that's just the way it is. And also the owner of the company had pointed out the fact that it, it was not a promise that they would never do that. He said they would like to never have that occur. Their goal is to not have that occur, occur. But they were having to go back on that and saying that they're having to do it regardless. It's just the way the industry is on the fact that a lot of the time your man, your time management isn't perfect. And they've had multiple times where they've extended the the time that they're going to need to work on the game already. Several delays. And now they're at the point where we're so close to the finish line, we're going to have to do this. So I can forgive them. Listeners, if you've been one of the people who have been in outcry and saying that you're going to boycott the game, I want to tell you right now, you're fucking stupid. I don't give a shit who you are. I'm going to call you dumb because you're being dumb. If you think that this is cause enough for you to go, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to buy the game. The only thing you're hurting is one, yourself, because you're not going to be able to experience what looks to be like a masterpiece. And two, you're only hurting the people who already put in their time to make the game. And by hurting them, I'm saying you're hurting the company because those people are already been compensated. They're being given extra money to work longer hours, to work more days. They're being given more vacation time. This is a company that sounds like they actually care about their employees, not a company that said, well, you're just going to have to put up with it just the way it is. I've worked that kind of shit. 
Trust me when I say majority of people who work in salary jobs do not get paid for any overtime. They do not get compensated for any overtime. They don't get compensated for working on vacation. Yeah. They get completely fucked over. Like you, you feel completely unappreciated by your company when you do that shit because nothing happens for you. You're not giving credit for, for things being able to you know get done on time. This is somebody speaking who worked 60-hour work weeks for two months straight when I worked for a company. So you getting pissed off and bent out of shape because they're having to work six days a week while getting paid overtime makes me go, you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You've never experienced what real crunch is. So you getting mad at a company that's actually doing the right thing is just dumb to me. Miles, you want to say? No, I mean, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, that's that's typically the trade off for salary. And it sounds like CD Project Red's taking care of their people. Yep. Um, Like I said, ideally, you know, crunch wouldn't happen. And ideally, it wouldn't be forced. Yep. But it's it's got to be what it's got to be. Yep. Um, I mean, we're already sitting, what, almost a year past the original uh, launch date window. Um, uh, longer so, than that now. Uh, yeah. the, the, I think uh, the original launch date window was supposed to be in 2019 in April was their hope. Yeah. And they had delayed so, it I mean, back. Uh, that was the first delay. Yeah. So you can only really push it back so far before you need to start making head. Typically, I should say that. Yeah. Typically, you make some sort of headway because obviously there's games out there that have been in development for, I don't know, a, a decade now. A decade now. now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's I, I'm I'm really looking forward to the game. You know, and yeah. uh, it's one of those things I, I, you know, if they if they weren't getting compensated, I'd feel bad. I'd still get the game. I'd feel bad for the the people working it. But since they're getting compensated, I'm not really all that concerned about it. Right. So anything else for the week? Um, I've watched all of Lovecraft Country. That's right. Um, it was actually a really good show. Really dug it. Um, it's certainly brutal in a lot of places. Um, it has some of the coolest uh, transformation effects I've seen in a while. Graphically, as far as that goes, it's really cool. Nice. Uh, story is really interesting. I'd be curious to see if they you know, do more with it. Worth the HBO subscription? Yeah. Um, watched all of Watchmen show on HBO. And I come from a place that I don't know really much of anything about the comics. So I really enjoyed the movie. And I enjoyed the show. I don't think it's like an amazing show. But, you know, it's worth a watch if you really dig Watchmen. Okay. There was, a, there was another one I, I burned through pretty quick. I'm trying to remember what it was. I cleared out a lot of shows. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Well, I burned through a show that I wasn't expecting to, which was American Horror Story 1984, which I think is mm. their best season. Now, judging that the last few seasons have sucked ass. Cause I they, haven't watched I haven't watched them for a long time. Last few seasons. I they stopped went, after Hotel. Yeah, I think after Hotel. They cut season up. two. No, that's like season five. Season three. Oh, really? Yeah. I stopped yeah. at the witches. That was season three. Okay. So after season two. So last few seasons, they went kind of on the far left thinking, went woke, woke, and they dropped all those writers and made the new season. Yeah. And I think that's probably the reason why it's so good. because they went to some, you could tell that the season's written by horror movie fans. Okay. 
they're, yeah, they they're were, Kansas they had slashers. some really weird themes going on from my understanding yeah. for a while. And yeah. it made people go, what the fuck is like, what is this about? Like what? A lot of it kind of got really boring for me. That's why I really stopped watching. That's why I didn't watch uh, season three. Uh, Season two was decent, but it was kind of boring. Yeah, Asylum. Yeah. Asylum was a slow build. Um, Yeah, Circus was all right. Now, the one show that I did finish, and I wasn't going to review yet until you guys were done, is I finished season two of The Boys. Yeah, weird. So did we. Okay. It was really good. (laughs) That was the other one I was trying to remember. I've got like five minutes left of the last episode. How do you have five minutes left of the last episode? How the fuck I was do you have five minutes left? This morning, and I was watching it on my phone, and then I finished, paused the video, and then came over here. You literally waited last minute. Yeah. Jeez. Fuck your face. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the person that when we do a, you know, a group project, you just put your name on there and walk away and expect us to do the work? No. It was really good. Uh, it ends really well, listeners, in case you're wondering. Um it actually could, you know, Miles and I talked about this. It could actually, it could actually end where it, where it ended and I'd be completely satisfied. I agree. Uh, I yeah. don't know where I'd they're going to go. I'd be disappointed here, but... that I don't get more, yeah. but you know, I understand it. If it, if they were to call it. That. Yeah. Considering how much they have left of the comics, they, they still have a lot they can go with. Yeah. I don't know what they're, what they're going to do. You know, uh, I like the fact they kind of gone off topic with some of the comic material made, newer material with it yeah yeah and i think that's actually on a pro not a con most shows it's usually con yeah but this time i think it's a pro so uh listeners if you have not watched the boys do yourself a favor and definitely watch uh season one and season two season two is phenomenal um for those of you who are worried about the wokeness and stuff like that there's a little bit of wokeness in it but it's not terrible it's not preachy it's very funny and it's very relevant to the world that is that it's takes place in uh yeah they usually point it out and it kind of gets made fun of actually yeah it's it's pointed out made fun of and they also point out the fact that there's very much there's very much a hypocrisy going on in the show as there should be given the universe that it takes place in it's a good watch um it's some of the best irreverent humor we've had since mel brooks i would say so i'm really excited to see how they top the whale (laughs) oh for next season yeah yeah, I don't know, man. Because, I mean, the dolphin was probably my favorite season or uh, favorite bit from season one. I mean, the whale topped that and then some. I'm excited to see how they're going to top that one. Yeah. I almost feel bad for the guy. He keeps getting fucked. At I, every I think turn. it's the, the, the <laughs> next thing that they have to go with would be like clubbing baby seals. Yeah, but they need to bring it. <laughs> he, go, he goes to work far. for Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He has to. He has to bring in the the dolphin so they can. I wonder if they're just him. slowly building him up to be a new villain because he keeps getting Maybe, turned down every yeah. time. Like I'm actually surprised. I can see him snapping. Joined, I'm surprised he hasn't joined Butcher and the crew here. He didn't join Butcher and the crew this season. Maybe he'll just like find the Ash Cthulhu and merge powers so that way he can be up A-Train there on the scale. A train is still a douche. Uh, I can't stand that character. Still a p- complete piece of shit. Yeah, but the character was done well in the season. To make oh, it, yeah. yeah. Like the, the guy who plays the part does a phenomenal job. I mean, he totally sell totally sells the character. I hate him. Yeah. Uh would I ever treat that tr- treat him like that in real life? Like that I hated him because his character? No. Absolutely not. I mean it's a character. I think yeah. it's fucking ridiculous when fans do that shit and they're just like, I fucking hate you because you're in a show. Like what happened with that guy who was in uh what was it? Uh Game of Thrones? 
the young actor oh, the that kid? played, uh, I think it was Joffrey. Joffrey. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that guy's life was fucking ruined by that show. Like, he couldn't get any parts because people hated him so much for, for doing, like, for essentially doing a great, a great job in a role. Literally selling the character. And people hated him so much that they didn't want to see him in other roles. I went, man, that's, that shit is garbage. Like when you're when you're literally telling somebody you can't grow as a character as a actor because you played this role too well. People are too disillusioned. <laughs> yeah, that's so fucking stupid to me. If I ever met the actor in real life, I'd probably compliment him and be like, dude, you totally sell that character. I can't I can't stand him. <laughs> yeah, you do a, a, a fucking homelander job. Yeah, homelander is fucking terrible. I a, love I it's one of those villains villain. you love to hate. Yeah, yeah he is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> of a person in that actor does such a good job as a as a, as a parallel uh ozymandias in uh in the watchman uh se- the, the the show yeah yeah uh i i kind of got some more respect for him like he's 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 you know i i have deadpool as an anti-hero well he's kind of anti-villain <laughs> oh gotcha <laughs> yeah it's like well you're still a piece of shit but i kind of like you <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing Jensen Eccles in season three. A soldier boy. A soldier, soldier boy. boy. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. If it's yeah. like the one I knew from the comics, he's pretty much the uh, the asshole version of Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's gonna, gonna be fucking on. great. I hope they guest spot uh, Jared Padalecki in an episode with him. <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, but he's isn't he still doing? He's the new Walker uh, Walker Texas Ranger now. Jerry was a guest spot. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's <laughs> I was the guest spot. No, never mind. I, I forgot. CW gets woke as a girl now. I apologize. No, he's he's. Uh, Mel said it, it, he just wants uh, him as a guest spot, not like. No, I want him as a character. full-on character. Fuck it. Um. <laughs> but uh, anything else to to bring up this week? Are we done. We finished. Listeners, thank you for listening to us. We really do appreciate it. Please go on Facebook, like us on Facebook. Tell your friends about us. It's pretty much the only way we get around. This is Vargo. This is Josiah. Miles. Anderson. Keep on geeking on. We're out. When you're a kid, you can eat an amazing amounts of food. And that, all just candy. That's all I ate when I was a kid. The only thought I had growing up was get candy. That was my only thought in my brain for the 10 years of human life. Just get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy, get candy. Get candy. <laughs> family, friends, school, these were just obstacles in the way of getting more candy. That's why you have to teach kids not to take candy from strangers if they're playing in a playground. And they can barely understand it. Don't, no candy from strangers? All right, candy, strangers, no candy. All right, because otherwise I'm taking the candy anywhere I can get it. There's such candy moron, idiot brains. Just this man has candy, I'm going with him. Goodbye, I don't care what happens to me. Get candy, get candy, get candy. No, don't go. They'll torture you. They'll kidnap you. It doesn't matter. He has no Henry. I have to take that chance. Get candy, get candy, get candy. So the first time you hear the concept of Halloween when you're a kid, remember the first time you even heard about it? It's like, your brain can't even... What, what is this? Who's giving out candy? Someone's giving out candy? Who, who is giving out this candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy? I gotta be a part of this. Take me with you. I, I want to do it. I'll do anything that they want. I can wear that. I'll wear anything I have to wear. I'll do anything I have to do. I will get the candy from these fools that are so stupidly giving it away.
So the first couple of years, I made my own costume. They, of course, sucked. <laughs> Ghost, hobo, no good. So I'm begging the parents, you gotta get me one of the ones from the store, the cardboard box, the cellophane top. <laughs> so one year, third year, finally got it, Superman costume. Not surprisingly. <laughs> Mask included in the set. Remember the rubber band on the back of that mask? That was a quality item there, wasn't it? <laughs> it was good for about 10 seconds before it snapped out of that cheap little staple they put it in there with. <laughs> Thinnest gray rubber in the world. You go to your first house, trick or snap, it broke, I don't believe it. <laughs> Wait up, I gotta fix it, you guys. Come on. Wait up. So I had my Superman Halloween costume. I was physically ready, I was mentally prepared. And I assume when I put this costume on, I would probably look exactly <laughs> like the Superman I had come to know on television and in the movies. Now you remember these costumes, it's not exactly the super fit <laughs> that you are hoping for. You look more like you're wearing Superman's pajamas is what you look like. It's all loose and flowing. Neckline kind of comes down to about there. <laughs> you got that flimsy little ribbon string holding it together in the back. Plus my mother makes me wear my winter coat over the costume anyway. I don't recall Superman wearing a jacket. So you're going out there, you know, and the mask keeps breaking. So the rubber band keeps getting shorter. I'm keep make, get tighter and tighter on your face. You can't even see. You're trying to breathe through that. Remember that little hole that gets all sweaty in there? And the mask starts slicing into your eyeballs. I can't see, I can't breathe, but we gotta get the candy. Let's keep going. About a half hour into it, you take that mask. Oh, the hell with it. Bing bong, yeah, it's me, give me that candy. I'm Superman, look at the pant legs, what the hell's the difference? Remember those last few Halloweens, getting a little too old for it. Just kind of going through the motions. Bing bong, come on lady, let's go. Halloween, doorbells, candy, let's pick up the pace. And you come to the door, they always ask you those same stupid questions. What are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be done by now. You want to move it along with the Three Musketeers? I got 18 houses on this block alone. You just hit the bag, we hit the road. That's the routine. Let's just pick it up. Sometimes they give you that little white bag twisted on the top. You know, that's gonna be some crap candy. <laughs> it's gotta have those official Halloween markings on it. Hold it, lady, wait a second. What is this, the orange marshmallow shaped like a big peanut? Do me a favor, you keep that one. <laughs> yeah, we got all the doorstops we need already. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're going for name candy only this year. And I think about how I used to eat when I was a kid. How I would, I remember Halloween, I would get, you know, I would have like a punch bowl and I would fill it with candy. The top of it would be curved. 
That's how much candy. I would consume that entire punch bowl that night. Next day, feel fantastic.